Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay. We are out of our minds right now because <laughs> Rachel's in New York, right? You're in New York, aren't you? I'm in New York. I'm in New York. And I'm in Mexico City. You know, we are all over the place. Uh, Rachel, what are you doing out there in New York in the Big Apple? Da Apple. Working like I always am. Working. I Honestly, I don't know if I've ever been so tired and defeated. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> in, in, in a very long time. In a, in a very, very long time. So, Stuff. you know, y'all, y'all bear with us. Through this podcast, please, please. It's interesting. No, I'm here working. What's, what was it? What you say? I, I have to come out to Mexico City. Then I have mm-hmm. to come back. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got to do something for the History Channel on the 15th. Then after oh, that, that I, sounds I, interesting. Uh-huh. Then I got to go to Atlanta. Then when I come back from Atlanta, I got to then go to D.C. And it, 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 are you it, are I, you filming? Is this for the show? Are you just this doing is for, for this is between hip hop homicides, history channel stuff, the revolt summit. Um, I ain't going fucking nowhere in October. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I'm staying at the crib. God damn, man! It, crazy shit. It is, and I always tease you about the the time differences and i'm like man why can you not figure out pacific time and eastern time when i tell you i am struggling when i was trying to figure out to say what time the podcast should start i was like wait one two okay wait three two one like i couldn't figure out the hours but that's just how i i know i'm so tired and i have a hard time saying no when it comes to work And I finally got to a point where, like, you know how you were like, you had a breakdown the other day? I had, I had a literal breakdown yesterday. And I was yeah. like, no. Yeah, can't do it. I can't. I can't. Yeah. But can't I can it. do this podcast. You got you to gotta take time <laughs> for Big Rach, you know? <laughs> As I look out here, Mexico City is so vast. First time? Yeah, I've never been before. Never been. Me neither. Yeah. But I hear wonderful things. Very pretty. Food. I hear some of the best nightclubs in the world. Oh, I won't be doing any of that. I like to get well, sleep. You know. I like you to know. sleep. I like to. I like to sleep. I, 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 so because of my back, I've been sleeping in this new way with my feet up. You know, I got How? this little thing. So, shout out to Tony Poland. Anybody who's asking for the name of the guy who worked out my hip flexors, which I'm kind of scared to go back on Sunday, but I have his name is Tony Poland. He's worked with all different types of people. He worked with the USA Volleyball team. He's taught me all of this stuff. I'm doing special stretches. And now I'm sleeping, you know, with the feet out. And so I, my sleep has the feet a little up, not too up, and not on my side. So my sleep has improved. Okay. Um, but it's also reminded me how much I love my sleep. Mm. And I don't want to go to the goddamn. I just came back from fucking Greece, turned around, got on the plane, came out here work stuff, come back, go to Atlanta. I want to just chill. I'm going to spend the whole weekend hugging. Bo- oh, no, actually, I can't. Uh, s- Saturday, I have to go to Anaheim to cover D23. Then oh, Saturday, you're going to that. Yeah. And then Saturday night, um, Nick Young has his fight at the crypto. So oh, my gosh. Around, go ahead and promote that. You've been you've been talking about it. You've been hyping Nick up for a while now. You think Fucking he's going to win? Blue face. God. 
got dropped from the fight because of all of the stupid stuff that's going on with his girl. Because of the goddamn physical violence that's going on. Blueface is fucking ruining the back for everyone. But I thought she hit him. Yeah, but it just doesn't look great. I mean, she hit him, but they just keep getting into it. I mean, that's not great. I mean, he was, she was hitting him, but he was also getting, I don't know what you do. Here's the thing. It's like in that situation, I guess if you're blue face, you kind of just got to hit her with the old stiff arm. But mm-hmm. it looked like maybe he got a couple of hits in. I don't know. I watched the video a long time ago. But anyway, having a domestic situation like that, the athletic commission didn't want to um, deal with it. So now Blueface is out of the fight. They're bringing a new guy. And this Who? is a guy we haven't planned for. I don't even know him. So big swole ass nigga. That, yeah. Are you standing in the corner? Yeah. I mean, so. Oh. Yeah, this is oh. me. Us. Like, this, is, uh, this is a fight camp. It's weak. So you've been sparring with him. You've been getting him ready. I've been sparring with Nick for years now. I know, but is this the first time you stood in this corner? This is the first time he's fought. Oh, oh, it's his first fight. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Nick Young. Nick Young. You know what I'm saying? You know. Uh, but, but yeah, so, you know, people are overworked. But, you know, it's so, it's it's a, it's a. It's, you know, Kalika's out right now. She's uh, she's enjoying the museums and the sites of Mexico City. Donnie, Donnie, uh, before we jumped on the podcast, Donnie was like, you know, he doesn't think she should go because he's worried about her getting kidnapped. And he said that, and I wasn't even thinking about that until he put it in my head. You know, you guys give Donnie credit for being so positive, but the mongoose is always looking for the negativity <laughs> in every situation. That's what you guys have to remember. You know See, I mean? that's messed up. That's that off mic, off mic conversations. Yeah. It's true. You know, you, Donnie, you know, you've been doing this long enough to know that nothing is off mic with Van. Like sometimes I come on the podcast before we start and I have nothing to say because I don't want it to be a conversation on this podcast. He will take it and use it against you. You know better, Donnie. But did you really say that? Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't. I said that when I think of Mexico City. <laughs> I think of that Denzel Washington movie, Man on Fire. Oh, man. And by the way, that movie was propaganda because the movie was like, yo, Mexico City's got the highest rate of kidnappings in the whole world and blah, 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 blah. And then there's a story about kidnapping. It makes you think you come to this beautiful cultural center that, you know, it's kidnappings about. The reality is I've talked to a lot of people. Did you know that Mexico City has the highest population of Americans, of any city in the world outside of America, over no. 700,000 Americans live here in Mexico City. Oh, what were you doing? Reading the magazine on the flight? No. So what I do is when I go to a place that I've never been before, I like to learn something about it, Rachel. And so <laughs> I looked into Mexico City. Don't talk city. to me in a patronizing way. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're asking me, well, like, why, like, you it's know, such a I, random like fact. It's such a no, that's beautiful. I'm sorry. I it. It's beautiful. It's just such a random fact. You know, most people would be like, Did you know that? I don't know, like this did restaurant, you know that, this museum. This, did you this, know that this, Mexico City is the most populous city in North America? I did not. How many people? Like nine million or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, but like, you know, they're they're not counting, you know, it's like the city, because in in the city of New York, there's only 8 million people or something like that, but then in the city of LA, there's only like 3 or 4 million people, but if you count the whole LA, you get like 14, 15 million or something like that. 
which was like a lot. You just can't let go of the TMZ tour guide persona. Well, you got it. Why does it always tour? have to come back? I like to learn about the place. Look, I love I your curiosity. You I wish I had half your curiosity. I love that. But it just made me think as I was listening to you, I was like, he was probably such a good tour guide. I was good. But I wasn't good because I was curious about L.A. I was good because I was curious about the people. You know, I wanted to know yeah. more about them, you know, asking them questions and stuff. But it's like I look around in Mexico City and it said CDMX. That was the abbreviation for the city. And then I'm like, why is that? I have to figure out why. Then I looked. Did you know that Mexico City, <laughs> the current mayor of Mexico City, is the first Jewish mayor that the city's ever had before? Uh, no, I did not know that. It's incredible. Wow. It's incredible. I like, I, we saw a Popeye's here being Khalifa. I mean, you got 700,000 Americans living there. I'm not shocked that it's been Americanized. They could eat some chicken. You know do, you, I mean? do you speak Spanish at all? Uh, no. Not okay. Really. But I'll tell you one thing. If I were to live in Mexico City for six months to a year, I think I would have a basic grasp of Spanish because I'm able to learn Spanish through all of these billboards, right? Because mm-hmm. the billboard will say, like, Casa de Dragons. And it's the House of the Dragon. And I'm like, oh, I know what that means. It's the House of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Or it will say Popeye's El Famioso Chicken de Louisiana. I'm like, that's how do you say that. And so I'm looking at all of these things and I'm making out these translations. Like when I first, when we landed, I look at this, uh, this big, it's like I had an foot, American football and it said, Toto something, something. And I, and I was like, I wonder if that means play to win or something like that. And it meant, it, what it really meant was like winning is everything. And I'm like, oh, I was able to figure that out. So I think that I could get it if I was here long enough in this speak, Spanish speaking place, you know? Mm, okay. Do you speak Spanish? Mm, un poquito. Poquito español, a little bit. That's, that's it. I've been telling that to everybody, and then when I say that to them, they <laughs> yeah, speak they Spanish, and then I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but they always say that when you go to a different country, the different language, they appreciate you trying. Yeah, well, I look like a fucking fool. All right, you guys, it's a, it's a. God damn hot, hot day on Twitter right now. Shit is blowing up. Very unfortunate day. There have been a couple of high-profile people that are no longer with us. I would like to, to, to take some time right now to recognize uh, Bernard Shaw, mm-hmm. who was a staple for me uh, as a voice on CNN. This is one of the guys, that uh, a black man who was an anchor on CNN. And you know, you grow up and you'd see him and guys like him. I've talked about Ed Gordon. Um, these were the gentlemen, even Tavis Smiley, these were the gentlemen. I'm like, oh wow, it's amazing. You know, Brian Gumble, guys that uh looked like us that were up there, and he passed away today. It's yeah. very, it's very unfortunate. Um, somebody that was a very recognizable face and to see him in that medium for somebody like me who wanted to be in media, uh, it, it meant a lot. And I would also like to 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 take some time to uh, recognize the death of David A. Arnold. It's a comedian who died at the age of 54, a guy who was beloved 
um, around this town and around the country, some of the things that he had created and lent his his uh, his talent to. His family said that he had he passed away uh, sometime last night. Um, so he's 54 years old. Uh, very sad, David A. Arnold. Um, but fortunately, there's somebody else who passed away that yeah. the entire world is talking about right now. And it's a day that a lot of people thought was coming, and we're going to talk about it on the other side of this break to bring you a big deal of the day. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. All right. So first off, I want to say I'm glad that you acknowledge those two individuals because a lot of times when you have someone that is iconic and our big deal of the day, as we're discussing, and a lot of people's big deal of the day, you turn on the TV, local news, national news, you're seeing everywhere that Queen Elizabeth II has died, but it shouldn't, we should not forget the other people who have passed away today as well. So thank you for acknowledging them. Um, Queen Elizabeth, we saw, I think it was earlier today, maybe even late last night, you were starting to get alerts that, you know, her health was taking a turn for the worse. Not the first time that we've seen this with the queen, not the first time that we saw it. I mean, we saw this in a very similar manner with um, her husband, Prince Philip, who had who passed away recently as well. But then the news broke today that Queen Elizabeth II, the longest reigning British monarch, whose rule spans seven decades, died today at the age of 96. It was announced, first reported, I think I first saw by Variety and Buckingham Palace um, announced it and confirmed that as well. Uh, she has been the queen for as long as we've been alive uh, for our, yep. our parents. She ascended to the throne in 1952 on the death of her father, King George VI. Um, doctors had become concerned about her health. Uh, I think earlier Thursday, late last night, she died at, is it Balmoral? 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 Balmoral Castle? Balmoral Castle? Yeah, she died at Balmoral Castle in Scotland. Um, Queen Queen Elizabeth ruled over the United Kingdom and 14 other Commonwealth realms, and she became one of the most wreckage... What? Commonwealth Games. That's how I do that. I never knew that until... I was like, what's the Commonwealth Games? And then somebody said, hey, it's all the places that Britain runs. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she became one of the most recognizable women ever to have lived. 
Um, just as quickly as they announced her death, they announced that Charles, her son, uh, is now the king. Uh, really didn't waste any time with announcing him as king and then talking about who's next in line after that. Uh, I don't know. I found that pretty shocking that it was talked about in the same breath. You didn't mention one without the other. I, do, is that typical? I don't know, because this hasn't happened in 70 years. Right. So there's a protocol. So uh-huh. what, what started to happen was when word first came down that she was gravely ill, mm-hmm. you start to see some things happen. You start to see the BBC uh, official Twitter change their logo to black. You start to see um, uh, the anchors on there start to dress up just in black. There's a protocol. It's called Operation London Bridge. And that is uh, a coordinated effort in Britain to report on, confirm, and uh, sort of, I guess, choreograph the events uh, as they will play out after the Queen would would uh, would pass away. So the code name, okay. like London Bridge is down. That's the Queen. And Operation London Bridge is the set of things that happen in the in the like eventual wake of the death of the Queen. How the media is going to cover it. Uh, what's going to happen to the flags? Like being flown at flag. All of that stuff. They already had that. They mm. knew where to go because they expect you know a lot of upheaval in the the, the culture. Um, of the UK, and they had to be able to meet it. So even with how they were going to announce who was next and all of that, they wanted everyone to know it almost instantaneously yeah. uh, that she had passed away. And so when, and, and a lot of people online, I saw some people on Twitter saying, like, we see all of these happen, these things happening. This looks like Operation London Bridge. This looks like uh, what would be going down when mm-hmm the queen would pass away. Have Mm. you been surprised at some of the celebrating that has gone on um, on social uh, surrounding the death of the queen? There are, of course, people that are saying, yo, it's sad, but a large and loud portion of Black Twitter is celebrating the queen's death right now. I mean, am I surprised by that? No. I don't think that you can talk about the crown, talk about the queen, talk about that symbolism and not not discuss colonialism. So am I shocked that people are celebrating? No. But do I like it? No. I, I mean, you have to first acknowledge like a life was lost here. It doesn't matter if they were 96, 66, you know, 106. Somebody died. Somebody lost their mother, their grandmother, you know, and and so to celebrate the passing of someone. Unless it's just like pure evil, I'm never going to get behind a celebration like that. But I do understand the sentiment of maybe it's not even them celebrating the person passing away. It's them celebrating the crown, the the reigning, the root, like the. The oppression, maybe that's the better way to say it, right? The crown represents an oppressor, and that's what it symbolizes. Not her Queen Elizabeth as a person per se, but what it represents that it with her passing and 
England stepping into more of a modern space progressive space as you're seeing you know that that reign not be as strong as it was in 1952 when she took the throne i think that's more of what we're seeing the celebration of of maybe you won't see colonialism in the same way i rather than celebrating the death if i'm trying to find something positive in that and if if i was going to say that there's something that i understand it would be that the death of 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 oppression yeah so I have some thoughts, but before I give them, I want Donnie to play this. The reaction of a lady on the street uh, in Jolly Old England to this. And I think that this is a good table setter for kind of the way I think I feel and the way some other people might feel. It pretty much kind of doubles down on what you just said, Rachel. And I just wonder what you thought, what your first reaction was when you heard the news that uh, the Queen is under medical supervision. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty sad, like, when anyone kind of gets in that position, like, you wouldn't want that to happen to your own family member. Um, but I, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of the Queen, or just, like, the monarchy in general, so I wasn't, like, that upset or overwhelmed by it. It was just something that happens, I guess. You're not the biggest fan of, of the monarchy. I wonder why. Um, mainly to do with, like, British, like, colonial history, things like that, a lot of things that have gone on, which have been quite shady, even, like, recently with, like, Prince Andrew and everything. So, um, yeah, I'm not really that biggest fan. <laughs> so let me tell you why I think that is important. So obviously, you know, I'm a good old Southern boy, Southern man. I can call myself a boy. Don't call me a boy. <laughs> we fucking throw them hands. Um, so I'm not. I'm not ever going to go. Oh, somebody died. I'm happy to spike the football. It's kind of not my thing. But I do understand something here, and I think what I understand about the queen has less to do with the history of colonialism in in the UK. Has less to do with that. It has more to do with choices that have been made since then. Because in looking at the life of Queen Elizabeth and looking at the, the royals, they've made a decision. They've made a decision to uphold a certain status quo that exists over there. They had no choice in terms of how the crown got its wealth, right? They didn't choose that. Um, I think this is a a good little microcosm for some of the other things that happened. Be you uh, a member of the royal family in, in, um, in Britain, or be you a man here in America, or be you a white person here in America, whatever. You don't really have much to say about the history of how things got the way they are, but you do have a lot to say about the present and the future. Mm -hmm. And I think that routinely Queen Elizabeth and the Royals, since she became queen, forget about the two, 300 years before, right? Mm -hmm. Since she, way longer than two or 300 years, much longer, forget about all that. Forget about that before. They made no actual change to adapt to a world that was expanding 
its understanding of not just colonialism and racism itself. The opportunity that the, that the royal family had with Meghan Markle was gigantic. They had an opportunity with Meghan Markle to say, look, there's been a lot of stuff that's gone on in the past year. And a lot of this money and, this, and all of this that you see comes from that. But we want to turn the page on how things have been going here, how we look at Black people and our relationship to people that we might have oppressed in the past. And they failed. Mm. They absolutely failed. They 1 million percent failed. Like they failed hard. They made it known to the world by making it known to Meghan Markle that they did not want no niggas in their family. Bottom line, they didn't want no niggas in their family. They didn't want no niggas potentially sitting on that throne. There's nothing to stop when you look at the way things go for their one day to be a darker-skinned person on that throne. They mm-hmm. made it clear mm-hmm. that they did not want that by telling her that and thinking that she was going to keep that up the type for some reason. So that is, to me, the failure of the queen's life when it comes to this. And I, and I don't think that people, um, when people are celebrating this, I think they're, to your point, I think they're looking at it as someone who stood in the gap and kind of refused to change. You know, there are a lot, in 2018, Prince Charles did uh, kind of talk about the fact that the, the history of slavery and uh, Britain's proximity to it was was discussing. I forget the exact word that he used, but it still seems like they kept one one foot in that world. And I, I hate to bring it back to this, but the best way that they could have shown that they were open to Britain being the land of all people and to moving away from their history was to address it when it was when it was in their own palace. Mm-hmm. And they roundly refused. They treated Black women like shit. They wanted to know how dark-skinned the sun was going to be because God forbid that all of these things are according to Meghan Markle. The, the crown has not really spoken on whether where this came from, who said this, or whatever. And the, they didn't want to call the kid a prince. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know, mean- they, they made this, like, really, to be honest with you, the slander that's coming through, man, Queen Elizabeth made her choice. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It, Ma- it, it, made her choice? Yeah, she made her choice. Queen Elizabeth made her choice. Like, she she made her choice. So, it, let's just say, because you said, you know, the, 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 the information that we got about them asking what color the skin um, the baby would have came from Megan. Let's just say that, take that out, right? To your point, they had an opportunity to take up for Megan with all the slander that she was getting in the media and from their very own people and had the opportunity to say she's one of us and we're welcoming her into our family. And it speaks volumes that they had to leave that country and come here. Like to me, that's the most damning thing. They couldn't, she couldn't even stay living there and had to leave because of the way your people were treating her. And 
the whole affair and the pomp and circumstance of the marriage was just a part of what the crown does. It had yeah. no meaning to her as a black woman. And that's and like that's very obvious by them having the opportunity to take up for her more than just a PR statement mm-hmm. with their actions. And they never did that. I mean, Harry doesn't even talk to William. Kate and, and Megan don't even speak to one another. Yeah. And the rift in that family, and you know, there were people, you know, who are pro-crown who would say, Oh, the queen is the queen is who's holding them together. The queen is so powerful in what she meant to that family. If they wanted it to be a different way, it would. And it was the it was the queen who had the power to do that. So I mean it's a very good point. So and the for, influence, it, I should say the influence, the power and the influence. Number one, I don't think that they shielded her from a lot of the stuff that was being said about her because I think it was coming from them. Like, <laughs> Fair enough. Fair so enough. Like, it, 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 number two, think about how fucked up it is that you escape racism by coming to America. It must be really bad. You know what I mean? It's, it's got to be super bad to escape racism and come to America to get rid of the clutches of racism. You know what I mean? I wonder if she ever told him that. She's like, I, mean, I don't know if that's, you know, France maybe. You know, I'm sure it's, it goes down there too. But the point that I'm making is that, you know, we talk about all of these things that the crown could have done. And we always going to talk about actual substantive things, right? We're going to talk about reparations. We're going to talk about uh, uh, the way it deals with some of the countries that were in the Commonwealth. We're going to talk about uh, in any way, if, you know, you, you look to make people whole, what could you do? Uh, because remember, this is for the most part, a ceremonial title that we're talking about. Sure. But even though we're not talking about actual political power, we're talking about immense cultural power that has the opportunity to reset a cultural dynamic over there, which could have been a very noble life's work, right? Which could have been an incredibly noble life's work. But what I'm saying is that you connect it, because I always believe in this, there's this huge sleeping uh, sort of uh, poltergeist known as racism. And then there's very intimate racism just to one person that demonstrates how it is that you view things and how it is that you look at things. And what you're seeing right now is a gigantic exclamation point that a lot of people felt when they look like, well, look, they must not, anything they say is, hello, look how they fucking treated that one. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like, once again, I understand the fact that I'm never going to bang the drum to celebrate when somebody passed away. But you do have to give this to people. Give them the freedom to live their lives like they wanted. She lived like she wanted to live. They prioritized what they wanted to prioritize. They made their choice. So everything that comes after that, we're not even going to get into the way the people uh, in Ireland feel right now, the way the Irish feel. So, like, we're, we're talking about incredible oppression. So they made their choice. Now, don't cry about it. Just move on. You know what I mean? So I thought, my thoughts, God damn it. Um, <laughs> what do you think that this means, though? Like, for do you think that, because that's what a, what a lot of the discussion is around all of this, is what does this mean for the future of the crown, the country? You know, will they will will other countries, you know, who are in the Commonwealth continue to to recognize them as the the head of their state? 
I mean, like, what does this, what do, do you think that there will be any kind of change? Well, there's a king now, King Charles, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. King Charles has an unbelievable opportunity. An unbelievable opportunity. And that opportunity is to be about reform. That opportunity is to be about changing the dynamic and the definition of what the crown means, not only to people in Britain, but the world over. Now, he has struck his feet as well as his mother in this before. But whatever might have been holding anyone back, there's an opportunity now. This man is in his 70s. This is no spring chicken, right? This man is in his 70s, okay? So he has an absolutely sterling opportunity to reset a cultural dynamic in Great Britain. Mm-hmm. And have a more progressive view of this entire thing. Will he take it? I don't know. It's different now than it was in 1952 or 1954 sure. or whatever when his mother took over. But the reality is, what are you going to do with it? What is what is William going to do with it? Are these people going to act like, not forget about like a, a royal family. Are they going to act like a family? We all got family members that for some reason <laughs> we have to learn to accept. You know what I'm saying? Are they going to act like an actual family? And if not... When the news breaks on Twitter, God forbid, not hoping anything happens to this man, of, of they're going to dance on him again. And not only that, but if we're going to fuck what Twitter thinks, just you know that there's blood on the crown. Don't you want to wash it off? Yeah, well, you said he's acknowledged it in some way before. So now that you, we know that you've acknowledged it. Well, now that you have more power and influence, let's see what you do. Because we know that he is, no stranger to breaking from tradition. We've seen him do it in his personal life. Yeah, he broke from tradition. All right. Just <sighs> we could get into that too. All right. Uh, <laughs> Jackson, Mississippi is, uh, is 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 still in the throes of, um, I want to say an unprecedented water crisis, but it's not unprecedented. We've seen this before. We've seen these type of environmental disasters happen before. Jackson officials have announced, though, that water pressure has been restored to most of the city's customers. Um, all of Jackson should now have pressure, and most are experiencing normal pressure. The city said in the news released, uh, gains were made at the O.B. Curtis water plant. Additional repairs may cause fluctuations in the pressure. The total out- plant output of 90 pounds per square inch exceeds the city's goal of 87 PSI. Now, we're going to talk to some more people uh, next week about this, but um, the boil notice, though, is still on. So yeah. uh, the boil notice is still on. So you're still trying to boil the, the water. You're still advised to boil the water. Some of the water I've seen on the internet doesn't look boilable. Um, yeah, I've seen what you posted. And I got to be honest with you, I don't want to... I don't, if, if I got to boil it, I kind of don't want to fuck with it. It's, it's like, a, it, I know that you have to, but <sighs> grasping at straws for a win here, Rachel. Um, the governor says mm-hmm. that privatization is on the table. He's, uh, he's open to numerous long-term options in an effort to restore the city of Jackson, Mississippi's water. So he, they, they could privatize it, which opens up a, a whole different type of circle. Certified fucking problems. Privatized parcels. It's crazy. Uh, your thoughts. Your thoughts. Is this moving fast enough for you? 
Well, it's moving exactly how I would think it would move. I mean, they've already kind of laid the foundation, laid the foundation as far as saying this is going to be something that's not going to be solved in days or even a few weeks. It could take months. It could take well over a year. They've already stated that. So it's not surprising. And nor is it surprising that, you know, the governor's coming out. There's there's blame shifting. Right. Because people are looking to who who should they blame at this point when it comes to why we're in this situation? Why has it been an issue that's been present for a long time and nobody's done anything? It's just escalated to the point of no return. Uh, so, no, I'm not surprised. I'm not expecting it. And I, it's great that they have water pressure now. But can we get it to the point where people can function in this city? Would you be OK with the privatization? Privatization. Yeah, uh, of, of the the water system there. Would you be okay with uh, that being private, almost like a for-profit type of deal or taking it away from government hands? Would you would you be okay with that? I mean, the only way that I would be okay with it if it was fair and equal, right? If it doesn't put any kind of burden on the residents, but I just don't see that happening. Yeah. I, I, I don't see it. I don't see and And, I, and it seems like it would be a quick fix and it would be a trickle down effect as far as to how that would be a bigger problem for a city that's already or a county that's already the poorest in the state. I got to know what specifically that would mean. Like you said, I got to know what that means before. You know what I mean? Um, uh, fundamentally, I'm against that. There's the the funds are there both federally and from, from a statewide situation, in my opinion, to be able to have mm-hmm. a working water system there. I think mm-hmm. what we're talking about uh, is crumbling American infrastructure. And look, uh, a lot of presidents in the past have tried to address this. Um, we're dealing with an aging country uh, and a country that needs infrastructure help all over the place. And we continually see this issue politicized. When we're talking about municipalities, man, roads, bridges, water, schools. If you can't pay for water, if you're arguing over, if you can't pay for the kids to go to school, you know what I mean? If we're just losing our way. And this is what happens after a generation of putting profit before people, of making sure that people are the last, you know what I mean? Trying to save a buck. How the fuck you save a buck? When people are drinking water and how do you steal from people being able to drink water? You know, Jesus Christ, man. That's so um, we're digging into it more. We got we're out to everyone. And by the way, I really appreciate the thought warriors that have hit me up with different people that we should have on. We're out to all of these people. We're out to all of these people. We're going to yeah. get them on and we're going to make you experts on this. And we are going to do something. I think I want to do something. Maybe if you're down, Rachel, I want to pinpoint other areas in the country that right now are careening towards the type of crisis that we have in Jackson. I want to kind of get out ahead of it. So we know because a lot of the stuff that I was reading when I was researching Jackson was from last year and I was fucking sleeping on it. We so didn't know. What no. the fuck? Well, this shit was on 60 Minutes. So somebody knew, just not Van Lathan. So like what, what Van Lathan, third person, what do I need to do? Maybe I should <laughs> No, I think that's a, to, to answer that. I think that's a, a fantastic idea. So, you know, if people know, if you know, like you shared the story of the time you're driving through Louisiana, if you know something similar to that, let us know. Let us know. We'll keep everybody updated on 
what's happening in Jackson and honestly throughout the country, because sadly they don't stand alone with this issue. Yeah. Um, what are you going to do next, Rich? What do you think we should do? Did you see the portraits at the White House? No, I didn't. I didn't see anything about it. What, 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 what was the deal? <laughs> okay. All right. So Barack and Michelle Obama returned to the White House, a joint return, I should say, for the unveiling of the official portraits. Now, they were unveiled in what is being called an emotional ceremony on Wednesday. Uh, it, this was marking their, their first joint visit since 2017 when they left and the return of this tradition in 10 years, 10 years. I, you know, I, I feel like I don't remember watching this before. I know it happens. Obviously, you know, these portraits are a thing. I, I know about it, but I don't ever remember really paying attention to it. Do you? I don't, I don't get into shit like this. <laughs> I know you don't. Yeah, I know you don't. Yeah, but I really wanted to know if you saw them because I wanted to I saw know. The, I, saw, no, I saw the port. When I say I didn't see anything about it, I mean, I didn't see the answer. I saw the portrait stuff. Because okay. everybody's like Brock, Michelle Obama. I saw the portraits. portraits what do you think about the. <laughs> you don't like them? You didn't like Michelle's? Like Michelle I was disappointed. I'm sorry. I mean, look, I mean, I got to look closer. I thought it was fine. You know what I mean? Uh, What did you like about it? I don't, let me, let me, let me, uh, Barack's looked more, I don't know. I just, and and, I hate to criticize the artist, but. Uh, Her name is Sharon Sprung. Barack's look, Barack's look more realistic. And then Michelle's. They're just two it's different like, types looks, of paintings. I don't beautiful. know. What's wrong it's with you? It's beautiful. I do. It's, it's like, what's wrong with you, niggas, man? It's like, it's like a great. Daddy, did you see the what? No. See, this is why. Act, this is why. It's not the act of the por- No, it's not the act of the portraits hanging in the White House. Obviously, they're going to be in there for decades and decades to come. It's so meaningful. They're the first black president, black first lady. What that means for them to be their portraits to be hanging in the White House, standing alone. Nobody else looks like them for the for the black folks who work in the White House and for hopefully more black people to come. And they walk past these photos. It obviously means a lot. However, I can still say. Now I'm really feeling Michelle's picture. You niggas was gonna find something. I'm Donnie, telling you. Do you see Donnie, I, Donnie. I know exactly what you're saying, Rachel. And especially compared to Barack's. Barack's looks so photorealistic. Michelle's Whoa. it kind of almost looks like a really, really good like sip in paint. Oh my god! Oh, I say really good, really, really good. Oh my god. Don't even go on to the paint. Do you think they see these photos before they're actually unveiled to the public? I have no clue. I pray they have input. And I pray Michelle was not shocked when she saw it. I pray that she didn't gasp or have the same similar to reaction. Maybe this is what she wanted. I pray that is the truth because this is going to be up there forever. I wonder if anybody's ever changed their photo, was disappointed with it. I don't well, you know. know. The, you know what the crazy thing but is? But I'm glad I don't stand alone. Thank they you. had um, they had portraits that that, that were, were done in um, 2018. Here's the question that people ask: We've seen some photos of Rock and Michelle that came out that were released in 2018, both done by black artists, and it was really no fucking complaints from people. Not that I can remember. Maybe there was. 
Sarah Sharon Sprung looks to me to be a white lady. Uh, are you saying, Rachel, that there is a <laughs> difference? And both of these people who painted Barack and Michelle look to be white. Uh, is there a difference? Difference in the reproduction of these people when they're done. I don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I need to see what it the is. other photos look like. I can't remember. I obviously remember that they use black artists. I just can't remember what those photos look like. Um, I, it's hard to say because I'm sure that they got the input of Barack and Michelle, and maybe this is the style because there's. It's like there's two different styles of paintings, and so mm-hmm. maybe this is what Michelle wanted. Okay, so this is what but, we're gonna do. We're going to do something right now. I want to do it. We're going to put up, okay, a 2018 portrait. Uh, Barack, Barack Obama was painted by Kehinde Wiley. Okay. Look at these mm-hmm. pictures. These were two black artists that were painting them. Okay. Uh, is there a difference? Amy Sherald painted Michelle Obama. Is there a difference when black people paint black people, Rachel? Because these were for the official portrait gallery. And then when white people paint black people, are you saying, because there's two white people that paint them for the white uh-huh. house, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? The, the ones in 2018 were very celebrated. Which sets of photos do you They were celebrated that? because they were black artists. Um, I'm looking at this photo of Michelle. Uh-huh. And mind you, it's two different styles. There's, they're two totally different styles. That don't look like Michelle. Okay, so you don't like either point painting of Michelle. <laughs> you don't like either honest. painting of Michelle. Daddy, are you Daddy. looking? Come on. Daddy? Daddy, stop. Don't you, run to Donnie for Daddy? backup. Because like, like, you don't run to Donnie for backup. You don't like it. Rachel, is it possible that you're a tad hard to please in this situation? Is <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm hard to please, period. I think... All the thought warriors would agree with that. <laughs> but I'm looking at this photo and it's beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's a beautiful photo, but it doesn't look quite like okay. Michelle. Okay. Shout out to Barack and Michelle. It's good to see. And to be honest, Barack looks like um, a mix of Booker T. Washington and Smokey <laughs> Robinson. <laughs> Barack looks great. All, all the portraits are good. I like them all. I didn't I like say that they weren't good. Um, hundreds of law enforcement, military. You know what? Look, you guys, here's the deal. Um, this story came out that hundreds of law enforcement, military, part of January 6th, uh, Oath Keepers, um, the, the January 6th rally, and they were Oath Keepers right there. News flash to the American public. There are white supremacists in every single organized law enforcement. White supremacy has affected every piece of this. The, the question is, when I see a story like this, the mm-hmm. names of hundreds of U.S. law enforcement officers, elected officials, and military members appeared on the leaked membership rolls mm-hmm. of a far-right extremist group that's accused of playing a key role in the January 6th riot, the Oath Keepers. You guys are probably not very surprised about that. You're probably not. That's probably not surprising to a lot of people to know that uh, law, law enforcement, elected officials, Law enforcement that routinely bashes niggas' heads in and elected officials that routinely protect the law enforcement that bash niggas' heads in 
are involved in some of these organizations. I bet we knew that. As a matter of fact, I would say that for me, uh, a lot of these things seem to, there's a personality profile that the Oath Keepers probably need. And I would say that it's most likely two-way loving, ex-military, law enforcement loving people. I mean, to, just to be honest with you, and that's not to put all of those people under one banner, but the reality of it is, is there is a, a modus operandi that we, when you kind of see that. I guess my question is, what's the answer to that problem? Mm. Obviously, having people involved in far-right, disturbing sort of organizations is a no-go uh, for America. Like, right. Is there anything that you can do? Because of all the people that I heard talking about this, um, is there anything you can do to stop that, right? Is there anything that you can do to weed those people out? Do we put certain organizations um, under one umbrella and say that if we catch you with any affiliation to these organizations, you are out? Because the question, because I, I had a conversation with somebody and they said, I said, well, we need to more thoroughly screen law enforcement. And the person came back to me and they said, I agree. But you know what that's going to be? What? More money to different uh, law enforcement agencies or police forces around there because they're going to need more money and more resources to, like, (laughs) this is the conversation I had. But but, but, but wait, but if the money that is going, is it going to pay police officers and give them more money? The money isn't going to give them more weapons and materials to to run amok and 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 to equip these oath people that are members of of the oath keepers and stuff like that. If the money is going towards make having the a police officer with the right mentality who's actually going to to follow the oath that they take, then I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with money that is going to police in a positive way. I don't, but I'm not for lining their pockets, which is why I'm not for qualified immunity. I'm not for those kinds of of things. You are for qualified. I mean, I am for qualified. Yeah. Let's get that right. I well, am Christian Walker, put that we on TikTok. <laughs> Christian, Christian, like, like Christian Walker, put that on TikTok. I should get that right because <laughs> we've talked about qualified immunity a lot. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm not I'm not against that. I think money put in the right places to get it right is a good thing. But to answer your question about like what do we do? Here's my thing. Just as you you intro this topic and you're like it's not surprising. We know that there are these far right individuals in in the military that hold office that are police officers. We know that. But when you see something like this and there's this comes out that there are hundreds. If I'm a person in power or I'm, you know, hold a political office, I don't know how you see this story and keep scrolling and be like, yeah, yeah, we kind of we kind of know that that's what it is. And and we just accept that that's the reality of law enforcement in this country or 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 people with political power. I'm not okay with that. How do you how do you sleep at night? knowing that that's the case and you're just fine with it. Uh, it's just how do you not, but how do you not understand cries for like police reform when you see something like that? Yeah. So 
couple of things. Number one, I think that police budgets and the Mississippi water crisis are like one and the same. I think both places have enough money. I think uh, I, I think what we're really talking about is allocation of money. There's sure. enough money, right? So, uh, I, I, I got right, you. right. So I don't think the police need any more money. I don't think we need. I, I think I think what they should you. do is maybe trim off a billion, two billion of whatever they're getting, which they probably need that much, and then set up something or go deeper into it. I think they're spending money on the wrong things. I think uh, the edict of police officers. Um, is not to be public servants anymore. It's to be uh, enforcers of some sort of American status quo, right? Mm -hmm. They are vigilantes almost in a way. And their thing is to squash out the criminal. And when you look at things that way, you really train people who are about doing that, right? And that's why Mm -hmm. the fact that there are a bunch of Oath Keepers in there, that's what the Oath Keepers want to do. The Oath Keepers want to maintain... Yeah. Um, there's a through line there between them and the police. They want to maintain a specific American status quo, and they want to use fear. They want to use weaponry. Um, they want to use shows of force to do that. That's what they want to do. And I think the police have, in my opinion, kind of redefined themselves, or not actually redefined themselves, have been defined as that in America. Now, if you wanted to create uh, a public servant, someone who was able to do that, there were a lot of things that you would have to do. Number one, you have to take some things off police table. We talked about that. But you'd also have to use the resources allocated to you to make sure you have people, candidates that are ready and able to fill those positions, right? People that mm-hmm. don't just want to become a cop because they want to bash the thing that's hitting, like Leonardo DiCaprio said, or like Mark Wahlberg said in The Departed. Like a lot of people become cops because they want to throw a nigga's, play, a nigga's head through a plate glass window, right? Um, but people who actually want to see harmony in society, who actually care about making changes and about policing in the right way, if there's a right way to police. Uh, and so that would be just me. That, that's not even as much about money as it is about a changing set of priorities. Mm-hmm. And wherever we see, we always, like, we, like we're seeing it here. And so when I see all this, I'm thinking there's an intense failure an intense failure in American systems to have people in there. If these guys, to be honest with you, if these guys were sympathetic to Al-Qaeda, they'd have been gotten the fuck up out of their way before them. You, they would know we're looking for the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're, we're telling people this is what you should be afraid of, right? And I'm not saying yeah. we should be afraid of foreign terror. Of course we should be afraid of foreign terror, but we should be aware of it, should I say. But the real, actual threat to Americans and cities every day are people that are in fucking right-wing militias who have badges. That's yeah. nuts. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. God damn yeah. it. Oh, you going to come back? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, so much to do, Rachel. You ever get, Rachel, seriously, you ever get weighed down by the amount? It's just so much to do. I'm already down there. <laughs> I'm already down there. I told you. I told you about these last 24 hours. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, 
there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life with premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Oh, Kim Kardashian. Oh, my gosh. Kick me while I'm down. Now we got to talk about it. (laughs) We got to talk. We got to do Kim Kardashian, and then we got to do, we got to do this white, this white mess, man. Peak white mess. (laughs) <laughs> okay let's let those be the last two because i'm gonna have to that's run it, and of two. course go fucking work again yes yeah, last two uh kim kardashian so we'll talk about this real quick i saw this picture of kim and her ass was hanging over her pants mm-hmm. i thought she was past the ass stuff didn't didn't she say something like she wasn't about ass anymore didn't she, she jump off the ass bandwagon or something uh i'm not aware of that but i think she's i don't think that's what she's saying i think she's just doing other things that aren't just ass focused. She is a picture on the cover of Interview Magazine, ass in your face. Yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with it, by the way, but I'm just saying all of the Kardashians lost 700 pounds uh, a piece. They all look dangerously thin, right? I thought they were getting away from the Thickums era of the Kardashians. I thought it was all about, you know, I thought they were going back to trying to be accepted into white. And y'all know, the ass was... Was was acid on the cover as she's medicine. blonde with blonde eyebrows, true, true. like draped in you know the red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. So she uh, talked about in this magazine the fact that she's been obviously excoriated for having no talent. She's uh, very famous, but she doesn't have any talent. Okay, that's what people say. I'm like, well, the TV show because we're not singing and dancing and acting on the show. That doesn't mean that the family didn't come from that. I mean, I can give you a million fucking talents and cook well, use my toes for anything. I could tell you the weirdest fucking shit on the planet. But I think my talent is marketing and the business behind selling products and knowing what the customers want and make, making it feel attainable, but also a bit unattainable at the same time. I wouldn't say that's a talent. I'd say it's a bit of magic and business savvy. Maybe it's a talent. I don't know. Kim Kardashian had this right. She is absolutely talented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why Kim, is that, Vance? Do you know how talented you have to be to have come this far? And not be talented. You know how talented you have to be to be able to. We we typically think of talents as things that are virtuous, right? Sure. Things that we would aspire to have, mm-hmm. right? Like being a fucking fantastic liar is a talent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like like all all of this stuff, all of these things. There are different ways that people are able to be fantastic at things and they're talents. They're just talents that not many people would want to possess, right? My mom used to, my dad used to say this. My dad used to say, Satan will give you gifts. 
Yeah. He used to say he used to say that all the time. He's like, it's not just God, Satan will give you gifts. Mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian is extremely talented. She's yeah. been able to make you guys care about her life by manipulating you for almost going on 20 years at yeah. the highest level. When people say she doesn't have talent, I'm like, that says more about you than it does about her because she is making you care at every stop. Kim, Chris, all of them, they all have talent. You know who's not talented in that way? Rob Kardashian. He's not talented in that way. That's not what he wants to do. That's okay? not what he wants to do. He probably has some other talent, but you're right. He does. That's not, not what he wants to do. Yeah, it's interesting because people think of talent as only one way. And I think that they also think that one, because this is a, a um, a family that is famous too, because of how they got famous and three, the men that they are attached to have a talent that we more, that we more, so we can see it point to it, right? Basketball, music, you know what I mean? And so that they, they're comparing it to that. She's absolutely talented and she knows she is, and she says it. And even, even the way she phrases it by saying, I think my talent is marketing and the business behind selling products, blah, 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 blah. I know what the customer wants and making it feel attainable, but also a bit unattainable. And then she goes, I wouldn't say that's a talent. I think that's this. Maybe it's a talent. I don't know. It's like she's doing it right then and there how she's describing what a talent is. I don't know. She's, she is a businesswoman. Yes. She, you know, all her business before you watch it on her show and you still watch it on her show. Yeah. That she knows what she's doing and not yeah. everybody can do it. There have been a number of families that have come across on reality television and they have failed in that's in that like sector. They're still going. They switched up networks, switched streaming, got more money. And y'all still there is a, there's a whole new generation right now of that family. And they are bringing in a whole new generation of people that are watching them. And they're still going. She's so let me t- let me, let Whether me you like it or not. So I'm going to make a comparison that a lot of people probably would have a problem with. But I'm going to explain this comparison. Uh-uh. Draymond Green had this amazing uh, talk that he gave at the end of a Rico Hines run. Where he's calling out all of the other guys that were at the run. Because they were doing... Uh, they were doing court sprints at the end, and the guys weren't running hard. And Draymond was telling them about what he's willing to do in order to be successful. At the end, he says to them, he goes, none of you want it more than me. None of you want it more than me. None of you guys want this more than me. I'm always going to want it more. And he said, that's a skill. He is 100% fucking right. The, yeah. the, the fact that he wants it so bad, his hustle is a skill. Kim's hustle, even though she's willing to do stuff, I, I, I'm going to tell you straight up. I think the Kardashians are bad for society. And I know that that's, uh, uh, that's crazy for me to say, having worked at TMZ for nine years. I think they're bad for society. I do. I do. Okay. But I also think that the hustle and the way that they are able to manipulate it, it's definitely a talent. When I, you look at a guy like Draymond, he's he's big, he's strong, he's fast. Kim is 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 beautiful. She she you know she she had the body and all of that stuff. But there's this extra thing that makes them able to go into the 
grittiest mud places people weren't want to wouldn't want to go, right? Mm-hmm. And pull something out of it. She is able to do shit that the majority of us would never want to do. That is true. And come out smelling like a rose. And so to me, whereas I think she's probably bad for society, and look, a lot of people are, right? But I think she's probably bad for society. I think she's definitely talented. And I think people always say that to make themselves feel better, to be honest with you, to make themselves feel better. If I told you right now, let me ask you a question. Kim Kardashian makes $30, $40 million a year. Mm-hmm. If I told you right now, question. Would you, this is the question. This is your very serious question. Very serious question. Okay. Would you have a sex tape of you leaked? No. For $1 billion? No. No. $1 billion. I just, and I, I people are going to, y'all are going to go crazy. Y'all are going to be like, that's bullshit. Rachel's just saying that. But I am a person who's very big on my reputation. And I also really have a fear of disappointing my parents. That's like a real thing within me. And that is something that lives on forever. And as much as you can applaud Kim Kardashian for certain things that she's done, you know, being involved with prison Mm. reform, as much as you want to say she is talented and she is in certain ways, as successful as she is, you still always go back to the sex tape. Even Kanye brings this stuff that that up when he goes on rants. I just wouldn't want that following me forever. Because that's so that's I I just I just this I'm serious. It's not worth it. What do you think my answer is? Yes. Oh, I'm fucking. I get it. And it's different. I I know y'all don't believe me. Y'all don't believe me. It's different because I'm a dude, but I'm telling you right now. Yeah, you get revered in a sex tape. I'm telling you, a woman does not. Well, it depends on what kind of work you put in. But but I but I'll be honest with you. Y'all don't want to see me naked right now. Is titties? I think I got stretch marks on my back. Like literally, I, I I think I saw something on my back. I thought it was a scar. Actually, Kalika saw it on my back. I thought it was like a scar or something like that. I think they're new stretch marks. But let me tell you something. If it's about a billion dollars, this fucking tiger is gonna roar. Straight up. <laughs> it's so different. Up. Right. When people don't mention Ray J, the sex tape with Ray J as much as they do with Kim. Women That's are just true. treated different. Women very are just true. treated different. And That's I just a question for the ladies out there. A billion dollars. If you knew that leaking your sex tape was gonna make you a billion dollars, would you would you leak it? Would you leak it? You know what's funny? What's funny though, and I'm not trying to call you out, I'm just saying is you said that you would take the money from the Saudis to do the live golf thing for $250 million a year. What are you talking remember? about? We've talked about live golf. Remember? Charles no. Martin live golf thing? Uh, have you been following van what i i mean i guess we'll put it in our peak white mess category yeah but have you been following the mess surrounding the movie don't worry darling have you seen it because you love the twittersphere and it's all over it fuck yeah i've seen it okay there's nothing better there's nothing better than what white people fight. And this is why, one of the reasons I love the housewives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the reasons. I 
I mean, granted, I like the black ones, the franchises too, but still. Listen, okay. So if you don't know about this, I don't know where you've been, but there is so much drama surrounding the movie Don't Worry, Darling, that it might be one of the most anticipated movies of the year because we need to see what all the fuss is about. Now, I probably was going to see the movie anyway because I just find the whole premise kind of interesting. But with everything that's going around it, it makes it even more juicy. Okay, backstory. Here we go. While filming this movie, Olivia Wilde is directing this movie. I believe this is her directorial debut. Is it not? No, she did Booksmart. This was the okay. second movie. Okay. So people this, are really excited about it. Yeah. This is the second movie. Everyone's talking about it. During While she was doing this movie, she split from her longtime partner, Jason Sudeikis. And then she began dating very shortly after the lead of this movie, which is Harry Styles. Um, there was a lot of speculation about this affair on set, and then it was confirmed in pictures. We now know that they've been dating, blah, 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 blah. Well, in addition to this, um, you might have known, but if you didn't, Olivia Wilde has spoken about it in, in Variety, that Shia LaBeouf was originally supposed to play the male lead. And she said the reason that he is no longer playing that male lead is because of his, quote, combative energy, and it just was not conducive to the set, and it didn't provide the type of environment she wanted, which is a safe and trusting environment. And she, that's what she wanted to foster in the set. He didn't fit in it. She let him go. Now, Shia denied that that was the reason that he didn't want to be a part of this film. We know that he has a problematic past. So it's kind of like the low hanging fruit to be able to, to say that. And people are automatically going to take Olivia Wilde's word over Shia LaBeouf's. But then Shia LaBeouf started producing receipts, a video of Olivia Wilde asking him to come back to the set, saying how much she wanted him to be a part of it. Then there's all this rumor of the lead in um, this movie is Florence Pugh. It's Pugh, right? Pugh. The lead in this is Florence Pugh, and there's alleged rumors or there's allegations that there's tension between Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh, and Olivia Wilde won't address it, but she'll say things like Florence is the force. Florence has notably, notably been absent from a lot of the press tour. She showed up for the Venice Film Festival, so that's got people talking as well. Then, all of a sudden, we have hashtag Spitgate because Harry Wilde, Harry Wilde, Harry Styles, apparently there is this video, and I'm curious as to your opinion on it, Van. There is this video where Harry Styles goes to sit next to Chris Pine, who's also in this movie, and it seems as if he leans over, spits on him. Now, you don't see anything come from his mouth, but you do see a strong reaction from Chris Pine, who kind of is like, really? Did this really just happen to me? And, you know, he kind of keeps clapping because they're in a moment where they're clapping and everybody thinks that Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine. They don't know why. Now, Chris Pine's people have come out and said that that did not true. That's not true. This is absolutely absurd. And, you know, the internet is just kind of running. Internet. Yeah. Internet. So, the internet is internet. Yes. So it's very well put. A couple of things. Number one, I don't think that Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine, but I do want to know what happened. Either he something said something because he clearly stopped. And, but I think that if Chris Pine got spit on, we would see the much, much stronger reaction. I think the interesting thing about this whole, whole story is, is, is to, number one, Florence Pugh is the winner of all of this. Florence Pugh who said that she couldn't come to the press conference and then posted a video of her in Venice drinking an Aperol split, which are delicious. <laughs> Olivia Wilde broke up 
with America's male sweetheart, Jason Sudeikis. Sorry, dating Harry Styles. Who cares? Not a big deal. I'm not in their business. And since then, it seems like her fucking whole life went to shits the curse of Ted Lasso. I can't wait to see the movie. <laughs> I, was like, 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 I can't wait to see the movie, which I've heard is fucking whack. Don't matter. Yeah, and we're going to be watching the movie, and there's all kinds of stuff that's going on. Guys, this is the best marketing for a film that has ever existed before. It's like when a band hates each other. You want to kind of use it. Like, fuck. So to me, I can't wait. I've been on this. I watched five, six different YouTube videos about all of this. About the and conspiracy it, behind all of it. Do you believe all of this is intentional? No, I don't believe all of it's intentional. I do think that they started to lean into it after a while. Because mm. remember, there were other weird things that happened. Remember when Olivia Wilde got served while she was on stage? You know what yes. I mean? So, so, so there's all kinds of stuff that's going on. But you guys, as a thought lawyer nation, I want us to be invested in this bullshit together. I don't often ask you guys to be invested in the bullshit, but these white people are fighting. If they fucking spitting on each other, Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde won't be in the same room together. Florence Pugh is gallivanting. She was seen in the video gallivanting while everybody else was in the press conference. Florence Pugh has also said she's going to skip the premiere of the movie. What the fuck? This is great. <laughs> and they're not doing press right now. Like normally we would be get we would get to do the press and talk to the cast. We're not getting to do that. So much surrounding this, we will be watching. Maybe Give we'll do st- a movie breakdown. Maybe we'll do a breakdown of the movie. Maybe we should. Yeah. Give me white mess. Is there any white mess recently that's been this good? I got to think. Donnie, everybody think. Yes, but you what? don't watch The Housewives. There's ah, just, that doesn't count. They're like, they live for mess. This is mess. You don't watch it. Don't wanna- I mean, I recently got tagged in another Bachelor issue. Apparently, a rumor frontrunner was a... Uh, his yearbook picture, somebody dug up his yearbook where he is in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> is yes. What's his name? Hold on, I gotta see this. What's it's his name? A, I, I, it was, I don't know if there have been any articles about it, but it is, you know, I, I'm assuming Reddit got it. I was tagged in it. People want to know my thoughts on it. This I love not being a part of this because I don't have to care, but people do still want me to say something about it. And apparently this guy was in full blackface. And not only was it's twofold, right? One, he thought it was okay to be in blackface in present day. It's never okay, but in present day. And then two, I mean, I would say in the last few years. And then two, his yearbook thought it was okay to publish. Can I be can I be honest with you? Why are you, who is this person? I would like to say their name. Uh, an alleged, uh, uh, I think his name, his name is Eric, a front runner on the show. I do not know his last name. Eric, I demand that you come on Higher Learning. <laughs> we got to discuss this. The Black Chiller, the Black, like, the, the, you got to- It Eric, never fails. <laughs> Eric, I demand you come on Higher Learning. Guys, cut this. But Bachelor Who Hates Us, the Bachelor Who Subreddit, cut this. Get this to Eric. Eric, Years ago, I told Soup Kitchen that his only way out was if he came on this podcast and faced us. And he denied <laughs> it. And like he, he, he declined it. Eric, this is going to follow you around. You need to look at two black faces to atone for your black face. I love it. <laughs> this, is, this is becoming ridiculous. Like, as sure as there are roses on that show, there will also be racism. Like, 
y'all got to get it together. And I'm so glad to be so separated from it. <laughs> so fucking funny. Eric, my nigga, what the fuck are you doing? Okay, <laughs> we got to go. Um, no mailbag today. Uh, we, we're, we'll, we'll, do, we'll give you guys some mailbag on Monday. Um, take the decaps off, but do not stop learning. Do not paint your face black. It might fuck you up on The Bachelor years later. Okay? I'm Van Lathan Jr. <laughs> I'm Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Bye, guys. I'm so tickled by that. <laughs>